the resurrection story. Now, John chapter 20, verses 1 through 21. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark. And she saw that the stone had been taken from the tomb. And she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciples, the one whom Jesus loved. And she said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple and they were going towards the tomb and both of them were running together but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first and stooping down, looked in. He saw the linen cloths lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there and the faith cloth, which had been on Jesus's head, and not, li not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they had not understood the scripture that would, must, that it would, they did not understand the scripture that he must raise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting with the body of Jesus, where the body of Jesus had laid, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing. But she did not know it was Jesus, and Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom do you seek? Supposing him to be the gardener, she looked at him and she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you laid him and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. And Jesus said, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he and she and that he had said these things to her. On that evening, the first day of the week, the doors being locked, where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came in and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he had said these things, he showed them his hands and his side. 
Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. This is not a legend. This is not some kind of a made-up story. This isn't a, a fable. This isn't a myth that was created to make Jesus something that he was not. This is a true story. This is what Jesus spoke of in his word before he even died. He said that the, the temple would be destroyed and three days later it would be rebuilt. They were looking at a big building and thinking it was about a big building. But today isn't about a big building. Today is about an, a risen Savior. And that's what we're here to celebrate. You see, he is risen. He is risen indeed. Several years ago, um, there was a man that I met with that ended up having to go to jail. And I spoke to my brother-in-law, who was a prison chaplain at the time. And I said, what do I need to tell this young man who's going to prison? And this is what my my brother-in-law, Fred, said. Fred said, tell him that even though he'll be in the walls of a prison, if he has a relationship with Jesus Christ, he's free. I never really thought about those words, but here we are. Most of us have been self-distancing, staying home for several weeks, and we do not feel free. And I'm telling you today that our freedom does not come from whether or not we can go to the grocery store without a mask. Our freedom does not come from whether or not we're essential or non-essential. Our freedom does not come by how comfortable we feel like going anywhere, talking to anyone. Our freedom today, on this Resurrection Sunday, is about what Jesus Christ did when he died on the cross and he rose from the dead. And today there are three groups of people that I want to talk to. You are standing in one place as a person today. There are a group of you, and where you are standing today is you're standing before the cross. You've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You've never entered the kingdom of God. And the place that you're standing today is before the cross. And there are a group of you here that have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And he is the one that has forgiven your sin. And today you are standing on the other side of the cross. But the symbol of today is not the cross. The symbol of today is the empty tomb. And my concern is that all of us will migrate from standing before the cross to between the cross and the empty tomb to the other side of 
of the tomb. That we live the resurrected life that we're supposed to because Jesus Christ is risen and resurrected himself. Take a look at what it means that Jesus Christ is resurrected. In Colossians chapter 1 verses 18 to 20 it says this, And he is the head of the body, the church. It goes on to explain this. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that everything might, that in everything he might be preeminent. When he raised from the dead, he was the first one that ever did that. Somehow, the combination of his personal power and the power of God the Father raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, this was a different resurrection than Jesus had even performed when he raised people from the dead. When he raised people from the dead, the, the, the widow's son, especially Lazarus, they were raised to exactly the same life that they had before. But when Jesus Christ was risen from the dead, he was risen to new life. This passage goes on and says this, for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether on earth or in heaven making peace by the blood of his cross now listen this is really important for you to know what Jesus Christ did on Good Friday and the reason that it's Good Friday is because the work of Taking the punishment, the work of redemption for our broken, sinful souls was finished. Uh, I like the picture of where Jesus Christ is right now. The word of God tells us that he is seated at the right hand of God the Father. Now, you know I love to make stuff. And there is something absolutely satisfying about hitting the couch when the project is done, Jesus has hit the couch. His work was done. He is risen and alive, sitting at the right hand of the Father. His resurrection made him preeminent over all things. In Ephesians, it says, and God placed everything under his feet. So this coronavirus that we're dealing with today, that's under his feet. This feeling of restriction that we have, that's under his feet. And we can experience the same thing that this young man that I challenged was going to prison can experience. In whatever restriction that we have in life, we can be free. Let's take a look at what it says about this in Romans chapter 6. It says this, Do you not know that all of us have been baptized into Jesus Christ who were baptized into we were baptized into his death it goes on and says this we were buried therefore with him by baptism in his death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the father we too might walk in the newness of life you see we need to understand something we were dead in our sins on the other side of the cross. 
Jesus Christ took the punishment for our sins. We need to ask him to be our savior. But then something absolutely incredible happens. We move to the other side of the tomb. In the same way that Jesus Christ's tomb is empty, we are too risen to new life. Let's take a look at some of the details of what that means. If we have been united with him in death, in a death like his, we certainly will be united with him in a resurrection like his. Now, this is where the struggle comes. The struggle comes because we're still here. And we don't understand the transformation that's taken place on the inside. Uh, you know, the ministry house is an example of this. We haven't been able to put the new siding on the outside. It looks exactly the same way it did when we bought it almost seven years ago. But when you walk inside the ministry house, when you walk inside the nest apartment, you don't see the oldness because it's all been renewed. It's all been transformed. I wish that somehow we could see what God has done in the renovation of our soul. In fact, that's what Romans chapter 6 talks about. It talks about several pieces of what took place because not only is Christ risen from the dead, but we who know and love him, who've asked him to be our personal savior, we are also risen from the dead. We are changed forever. Read on, verse 6. First of all, it says, We know that the old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin for one who has died has been set free from sin. The first thing that you need to know is that your life has been emancipated by the death and resurrection of Christ. You are no longer enslaved by your sin, but you are free. What a great thing to say. Right there, there in, your, in the Bible, you should write down, I am free. But there's more. It says, now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we also live with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Think about that. Go back. Look at verse 8 again. For we know if we have died with Christ, then we believe that we also live with him. Not only are you free, but you are alive. You're no longer dead in your sin. Every once in a while, Satan, like the funeral director that he is, tries to remind us that we are still in the casket, but we're not. Because of what Christ did, that resurrection power comes to us, and we are now alive. Does that mean that we don't sin anymore? No, that's not a truth. But it means that sin no longer has dominion over us, that sin no longer is the only choice that we have because we 
are alive. Verse 11 says this, So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to Christ. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies to make you obey their passions. So, take a look at this verse again. Not only have we been freed, not only were we alive, but we have been unleashed. We have been unleashed because we're no longer dead to sin, but we're alive to Christ. Sin no longer has reign in our mortal bodies. We have been released from its power over us. You are unleashed, my friend. You are unleashed to live different. Then you see it. Now, some of you are still trying to figure out, even though the Jesus Christ died for you, you're trying to figure out, how do I live the Christian life in my own power? Galatians 5.1 says that we who have been saved should no longer live under the power of needing to overcome sin. Gary Thomas once said in a book that he says, the goal of the Christian life isn't to fight sin, it's to love God. And yet some of us have spent our whole Christian experience and we're stuck between the, the, the cross and the tomb and we don't understand that we have been unleashed and that we can live differently. We no longer have to obey the passions that once drove us. Instead of being passionate about doing for ourselves and our selfish desires, we can become passionate about living for Christ and loving others. We're dedicated. It says here, do not present your, your members to sin as instruments of unrighteousness. And, and this word members is an interesting word. It actually would be like the word Weapon. Do not present your weapon to sin as instruments of unrighteousness. Instead, present yourselves to God as those who've been brought from death to life, and your members to God as instruments of righteousness. You know, we are no longer dedicated to live an unrighteous life. We are dedicating ourselves to live righteously. That's why it bothers you when you sin now. You know, there was a period of time before you knew Christ that you weren't bothered by your sinfulness. You weren't bothered by your rebellion and your poor choices. But now as a believer, you're bothered by that because you're dedicated to something different, something better. Resurrection changed what you are dedicated to. Verse 16 says, 14 says this, For sin will no longer have dominion over you, since you are no longer under the law, but under grace. The last thing we are is empowered. You know, when we were trying to live the rules well, the rules eventually screamed at us and explained to us that we could not live them well. But we don't live under the rules. We live under grace. Listen to this verse. For by grace you have been saved through faith. 
and it is not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, so that no one can boast. You know, you can't save yourself. You know, the cross over here, you, you, you can't die on the cross yourself. Jesus Christ took the punishment for your sin. And in being your Savior, he offers you something you don't even deserve. Romans 3.20c says that, that the wages of sin is death. That's what we deserve. Romans 6.23. But the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. So take a look at this list. This is a picture of who you are because Jesus Christ raised from the dead. You are freed, you are alive, you are unleashed, you have a new dedication, and you are empowered. Paul put it this way in the book of Galatians. He said, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So my question to you is, what is the symbol of your faith? Is it just a cross? I hope not. Because see, he is risen. And because he is risen, the symbol of our faith should be an empty tomb. So my question to you is, are you ready to move? Okay, some of you are on the other side of the cross. Could today be the day that you decide that you need a Savior? Could today be the day that you decide that Jesus Christ should be your Lord and Savior? It's as simple as this prayer. You bow your head right now and pray it. Dear God, please forgive me for my sin. Would you please be my Savior? Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I accept your gift to me. That simple prayer, if you just prayed that, you have asked Jesus Christ to be your Savior. And if you did that, I want to know. I want to know because I want to help you to do that. Then there are some of you that have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and, and you, you got that fire insurance thing going on, and, and you know that eventually you'll be going to heaven, but you are just stuck, and you are in your own power trying to live this Christian life. I'm telling you today that you need to believe in the power of resurrection, not just that raised Christ from the dead, but that can raise you from the dead. God doesn't want you stuck between the cross and the tomb. God wants to give you life, give you freedom, unleash you, change your dedication, and empower you to live a different life. So the question that I have for all of us is will we accept the power of resurrection that, that can change us forever. Part of trusting God more, which is the motto around here, is believing that resurrection power 
is going to transform us from the inside out. And the great hope of resurrection is this, that even though we were once spiritually dead, we are going to live forever with God in a real place for eternity. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for this message, your message. I thank you for your word and how clearly it speaks to us. God, it is so good to realize what you've made available to us. And it's so good to know that unlike the world full of great heroes that have died, great leaders that are no longer with us, that you are very much alive and you're seated at the right hand of your Father today. God, help us to live these resurrected lives. I pray this in your name. Amen. Hey, just a little family business as we close today. First of all, um, I encourage you who are a part of the church family, this is a church family business. Um, you can give by mail or give online. Um, there are those two options. If you give online, you can go to um, our website and there's a give page there, okay? The second thing is, is it's very important to me that we live out this banner that's on our church. And so we need to be praying. I'm going to be contacting as many of you as I can this week. And you're going to help me populate um, the different prayer lists that are on our new prayer page um, on the website. Um, but if you want to today, just offer up a prayer request. Um, what I encourage you to do is to go in the description of the live stream. And uh, um, after this service, um, later in the day, we'll be adding all these links to different things that you need. And I, I want to thank you for your faithfulness. I, I know that we're all in a different place, but I believe that God is calling us together in a unique way to be his church as never before. You see, social distancing isn't changing what took place in our soul. We are aggressively working on helping you feel the freedom that is yours in Christ, even as you're confined in your home. But more important than that, we're working on being the body of Christ. So let us know your prayer request so that we can pray together. Oh, I am so looking forward to the day where I won't be looking into a camera, but I will be looking into your eyes. Where I won't have to worry about the details of, of a stream. But I can be concerned about just being back together. But for right now, you are all very close to our hearts. And we love you very much. And we pray that on this Easter day, you will celebrate and understand all of who Christ is as a risen Savior. You know, I gave you one more song um, on our emails. Uh, it, it's a, a song that I heard a while ago, and I just think it speaks so well of what it means to live a resurrected life. It's called... Um, jailbreak. I hope that you listen to that today and enjoy it. Have a great day. Enjoy your Easter with your family. Call somebody out. Love the people that you're near and uh, especially those that are working to keep us moving. God bless you. Have a great day.